When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme just on the weather forecast there, nice, dry and bright today. And it looks like it's going to stay pretty much the same for the rest of the week. We are, we're looking at a dry week, which God knows we could do with. We've had enough rain. But then as we head into the weekend, we really are going to notice that the temperatures are going to start to dip. A cold easterly wind is going to dominate at the weekend. So we'll have more seasonal weather. Now, we're not looking at snow or anything like that, but certainly temperatures are going to be noticeably down. And you can actually chart it if you look at the way the weather is going across this week. As I say, it is staying dry and bright and there will be some sunny spouse but you can see day on day the temperatures are going to start to dip a little bit. John Paul taking your calls this morning at 0818 103 103 texts and whatsapps also available 0862 103 103 and your thoughts please on this little boy from County Wexford who was savagely attacked by a pit bull on uh, Sunday and it just is it's reported in all of the papers uh, today and the family have come out and they're speaking about this little boy saying that he'll never be the same again it seems he's nine years of age he was out playing football with his friends on the green typical Sunday afternoon and the kids kicking ball and I think there's nothing great than a green area outside a house than to hear the peals of laughter of children and the boys getting really serious with the football match uh, going on and it's a typical scene that you would see in most housing estates particularly if it's a dry afternoon and that's what was happening on Sunday afternoon it was in Enniscorthy when this young boy was set on by a dog now it seems that it was a neighbour's dog he's currently in Crumlin Children's Hospital in what's been described as a very serious uh, condition the family say that the younger boy has lost his lower lip. He can't eat. He can't breathe by himself. And he now has a tube inserted in his neck. And the family, I think, are trying to get across the level of damage that has been done to their son and and brother. So what they decided to do was they provided photographs, I suppose as a word of warning to anyone who owns one of these, particularly the dogs that are on the dangerous dog list, that you, ne- you can never, ever trust a dog. Now, a number of the papers haven't published the photographs because the injuries are just too graphic. A number of the red tops 
have decided, the tabloids have decided to publish the photographs today. And I give that out by way of warning to people because I unfortunately came across the photographs when I walked into the office and John Paul, not his fault, happened to have the page opened uh, with these horrific injuries to this little boy's face. A lot of the uh, other newspapers then are showing photographs of this little boy before the attack happened. Gorgeous, gorgeous, handsome little nine-year-old boy. Locals obviously in the area are absolutely shocked disgusted that the, the because the same dog had attacked that attacked this little nine year old is suspected to have been involved in another attack just four days before. Now the other attack was less serious, but the original less serious attack was reported to the Gardaí who confirmed that a child had received non-life-threatening injuries and the inquiries are ongoing but it was the same dog that was involved. Now the family have come up publicly as well and thanked the people who rushed to this little boy's uh, aid. One man seemingly had to come out of his house using and grabbed a baseball bat to try to get the dog to stop attacking this little boy. And the family are saying if it wasn't for this man who had a baseball bat to fend the dog off, they're really fearful that this little boy just might not be alive uh, today. As I say, the attack happened on Sunday afternoon. The guardian and the emergency services all had to attend. He was then airlifted to hospital in Dublin. The Coast Guard, the Rescue 117 helicopter had to be used the parents of the young boy who is believed to have been attacked by the same dog last the Wednesday before said it should never have happened. The the incident they say where their little boy was involved was a big warning sign. The father of the young boy the centre the previous incident said that if his son had not been wearing a large hood on his jacket you know these big puffer jackets that you know children wear adults wear them as well particularly in the cold weather he had the hood up over his head when this dog uh, attacked him but only for he was wearing that jacket they, they're they fearful that their little boy could have received a lot lot more uh, serious uh, injuries parents in the area are telling how the, the children who witnessed the mauling on Sunday they also have been absolutely uh, traumatised. One mother was saying that her little girl has been barely able to speak since it happened. And, you know, people are saying dogs should not be allowed to roam around like this. Now, as I said, the Gardaí are investigating it and I'm sure what will come out is somebody left the side gate open and the dog got out or somebody opened the front door and the dog ran out. I know it's going to be, I'm, I'm assuming that nobody would be allowing a pit bull terrier to wander around a state where children are out kicking a ball. And we Remember that in this country, we introduced laws. It was back in 1998 where restrictions were placed on 11 different breeds of dog. Now, they include this American pit bull, pit bull that was involved in this particular attack. Uh, they, they also includes English bull terriers, Staffordshire bull terriers, Rottweilers, German Shepherds, the Alsatian Dogs, Bull Mastiffs, Doberman Pinchers and Rhodesian Ridgebacks and also Japanese Akitas. But it also includes any dogs which are a crossbred of any of those that I just lifted, that I just listed. And that's the problem. You're getting dogs that will be part American Pitbull crossbred with another dog and you're getting all kinds of problems. And a lot of these dogs 
are actually bred to attack. I just can't understand why we are allowing these dogs to continue to be bred when we know how dangerous they are. And it isn't just in this country. They're recognised all over the world and included in the restrictions that came in, as I say, 1998. Any of these dogs, if they're out in public, they must be muzzled at all times. They also cannot be left off the lead. They have to be on a very strong lead. The person who has them on the strong lead must be somebody over the age of 16. So you can't have a seven-year-old wandering around with their pit bull, even if it has a muzzle on and is on a strong strong lead. It has to be somebody who is really responsible and is going to be able to hold on to the dog if the dog decides to get spooked or if the dog decides to attack somebody. And what's really worrying about this particular case is that this isn't the only serious dog attack that has happened this year. Earlier this year, a child had to be rushed to hospital after a dog attack in Dublin. Now, the boy in that particular incident was attacked in his own house by a dog, obviously, that was belonged to somebody in the house. It was, and whether it was the pet in the, in the house or not, I don't know. But that dog was a cross between a pit bull and something called a presser canario, which I googled this morning and is a large breed of dog and you cross that with the pit bull you can imagine the strength of that particular dog now in that particular incident the little boy was attacked obviously had to be taken for medical treatment I don't know how seriously injured he was but the family then were saying they became concerned and Morton, obviously the dog got locked into a room then while they decided what they were going to have to do. They contacted the local city council to say we need help with this dog. The, the city council then had to get in a lion expert because there was fears the animal would be too dangerous for even, a, for even an adult to handle. So a lion expert was brought in. He had to use a tranquilizer gun to sedate the animal and then obviously the dog was later uh, put down. That happened in Dublin. Then in Tipperary, a young woman was hospitalised following an attack in February in Carrick and Shore. She was walking her own two dogs when they were attacked, what was believed to have been pit bull terriers. And obviously she was trying to save her own dogs and she was attacked as well. So it's not the first and God knows it's not the last. What are we going to have to do about these dangerous dogs? Now, and and I know there will be people listening to the programme who will have some of the breeds that are on this restricted list and they take offence to them being called dangerous and they will tell you that they're the most lovable dogs and they will never attack anyone. And, you know, people and a lot of dog owners who have these different type of pit bulls and Staffordshire Bull Terriers and Rothweilers and Alsatians will say they're very responsible. They will always have their dog when they're out. They will always have them uh, muzzled. But it's just when something goes wrong, when somebody leaves the side gate open or the front door is left open and suddenly the dog gets out and it doesn't have a muzzle on. And then when you see the damage that has been done to this little boy who will never be the same again, he will literally be scarred for life because unfortunately, looking at the injuries on this little boy's face, it, it was as if this dog went for his face and neck. I mean, the fact that he's on a breathing uh, tube. So, I mean, it does look like that's where the dog latched and must have literally latched onto him. I mean, it was like his face was literally ripped off. The poor, poor little lad. All we can do is wish him a speedy, speedy recovery. He'll need a lot of plastic surgery and hopefully the best 
surgeons will be available uh, to him and hopefully he won't be I mean looking at it he'll be just horrifically uh, scarred the poor little lad and he'll live with that obviously then for the rest of his life congratulations by the way to Sarah Connolly from Glanmire she was our first winner on the C103 Christmas covered hopefully you counted the bells at 9 o'clock this morning with Ken the bells will go again at 2 today with Nick Richards and then 5 o'clock again with Martina and then you text our WhatsApp in with the total amount for your chance to win it's super value gift cards we're giving away in total 5,000 euro worth of these gift cards and we're giving them away in sums of 500 euro so Sarah Connolly in Glamour very very happy lady I'll play out uh, Sarah's phone call later on it really was a joy to hear congratulations uh, to you Sarah that's the C103 Christmas uh, covered with super value gift cards perfect for every occasion they're available in store or online for e-gift cards that can be sent with a personal message you simply search super value gift cards but you need to listen 9am 2pm and 5pm to win here only on C103 now some of your thoughts and comments coming in uh, particularly on the dog uh, story Uh, Patricia we uh, had in our house a Rothweiler a much loved pet but for whatever reason he took a dislike to a small child and his temperament just totally changed we eventually had to put him down we're not willing to take the risk well that's been absolutely and totally uh, responsible somebody says morning Patricia can anybody tell me why people are allowed to keep these dogs that are on the restricted list well they're allowed to keep them uh, on the restricted list but they must abide by all the rules and regulations and that's not always happening unfortunately someone else says why was something not done about that dog after the first attack which remember happened on the last Wednesday and then this vicious attack happened on uh, Sunday. That dog should have been put down after the first attack. Also, dogs should be on leads at all times, not just those dogs that you mentioned on the restricted list. When you're out and about, you see people walking without dogs on leads. Something should be done about that. Frank Infomoy says the majority of dog owners are responsible. But like everything in life, you have those that are simply not responsible. Frank has noticed on numerous occasions when he's out walking, he's people with their dogs who leave their dogs off the lead. The dogs will be wandering behind them, in front of them. They'll take off to the side. They'll be sniffing at things. And people are walking along, either chatting with somebody else or they're on their phone and they're paying no attention at all to dogs. Dogs can't be trusted. And he Frank is not just talking about dogs on the restricted list. People who own dogs need to wake up and stop being so ignorant when they're out and about. And Jason and Bandon said uh, some people should just not be allowed to own a dog simple as 0818103103 and before I go to the break just a bit of a good news story uh, the Christmas bonus is going to be paid out next week to um, various people I mean hundreds of thousands of people will get the Christmas bonus it's the double payment of the social welfare it goes to people like pensioners carers people on disabilities and uh, when it gets paid next week it'll be the eighth lump sum payment made to support householders with the cost of living but there's a bit of good news for people who are on illness benefit because people on illness benefit traditionally never receive the Christmas bonus and certainly haven't received any of the other bonuses because I know when we've been talking about the other bonuses a number of people on illness benefit were wondering why they haven't been included so the Minister for Social Protection Heather Humphreys 
has decided that anyone on illness benefit for 12 months or longer is going to receive the Christmas bonus. Now, I don't know whether it's just going to be a one-off for this year or whether it will remain in place next year. And they reckon about 17,500 people are on illness benefit at the moment. Um, and they've been on illness benefit for more than 12 months. So they will receive the Christmas bonus. And the illness benefit for those earning more than €300 Euro a week is €208, Euro, which means their benefit next week week would be 416 euro so anybody out there particularly the people that have contacted us that were on illness benefit and were definitely on it longer than 12 months you will be receiving a christmas bonus a double week next week text or whatsapp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Now, yesterday, Cork County Councillors had the difficult task of agreeing the budget for 2023 with a proposal on the table to raise rates by 3.5%. To discuss how the budget estimates meeting went, I'm joined by the Mayor of Cork County, and that's Councillor Danny Collins. Uh, good morning. Thank you, Danny. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, morning, you're, you're very welcome to the programme. Would you describe it as a very tense, difficult meeting with nobody wanting to pass on additional costs to businesses? Basically, yes, Patricia. Nobody in the chamber yesterday morning wanted to pass on any rate, rate hike to any business. But um, what was brought to us was, you know, myself. My, my toughest meeting I've heard since I became um, county mayor in June. It went on for over five hours, and we had we had to have a recess in between that just for about ten minutes just to discuss what we could do, you know. And um, what was really given to us first, and um, we were shown that there was a one point two million um, deficit, and um, basically down to with the energy costs and um, a nine point two percent inflation hike. So, like, we had to find that, and um, what was proposed to us was that um, we give it 3.5%. This was proposed to us by the, the finance department, which I say, like, had, had a very difficult job, and I will thank them, like, um, bringing this budget to us. Like, but um, what they proposed to us was um, a 3.5% increase for a rate here to pay um, from 2000 And basically, we could not agree to that. There was no way. Sorry, your phone dropped Sorry. out there. Sorry. What was it? What was initially asked was a three point five percent rise for businesses on any businesses paying over two thousand. So that would be some of some of the very smaller businesses. Yes, like just to take in with the small little shops or restaurants or even bars or you know boutiques. So like you know, really these are the the, the bread and butter for our towns and villages throughout the county. And like you know, they are struggling as it is um, with everything. Like you know. There, there isn't that, that big spin out there yet. And you felt that that was going too far on the increase? Going too far, yes. Okay. So, I, what, I so what was agreed in the end then? It, well, I did propose the 10,000. That was really after a long debate that was shut down. And what was agreed was um, from 7,000 euros up that we um, there would be an increase of 3.5%. Okay, I, w- I was reading um, Liz Dunphy's piece in the Examiner today. Uh, she reckons that eighty-five percent of businesses won't have to pay any increases. So it's no, it's, yeah, a, but it's no, a small that, that, that it's a small number. Eighty-five. Yeah, you're talking about fifteen percent. This will affect, but there is a rebate um, policy in this, so all businesses will um, will get back to two two hundred and forty-five euros. So just basically, if you were paying ten thousand, 
euros in rates a year, you will be paying just over two euros a week extra. So, like, there is a, a rebate um, benefit for, for all taxpayers, our ratepayers. But, um, look, what you call it, like, you know, we we brought this budget in. Um, we had to take money out of um, the Economic Development Department when, when we brought it up to the 7,000 and from our, our, our reserves um, to top, top up the 1.2 million um, deficit. But, like, this budget, like, is um, a budget for the future. Like, Cork County Council is a business. And... Um, like this is the support or capital investment program for um, 22, from 2023 to 2025, which have um, projects such as um, Mallow Castle grounds um, for six million, Middleton Public Realms, um, a public park 4.2 million, um, Bantry Flood Relief Scheme 1.5 million, the Bantry Culvert 17 million, Brinney Bridge Realignment 4.8. This goes on. So like, and is a, w- w- would it be fair to say that housing? Is a key priority Holding for the council. Priority, what you call it, like, there's a number of turnkey um, projects going on throughout the county with with Park County Council at the moment. You have um, Farmoy, you have Bantry, you have Cargilline, and you have Kilvolloman. I, I think it's like there's 17 turnkey housing projects, you know, online with Park County Council at the moment. So like, uh, and there's other construction schemes, one in Baldy Hub and McCroom, Portrun across the county, even so, like you know. Housing is a big priority with Cockroach Council, and I see it here in Bantry. We have, at the moment, we have 35 houses being built up here in Cardaniel. Um, there is another um, project up at the old convent where we, we hope to see um, be open now next year, um, where you have um, 18 units of two and one bedroom um, units being, um, being done up in the convent, the old convent. Okay. So this is a, a project done with both Cluid and Cockroach Council. Yeah, and I know the total capital investment for housing from 2023 to 2025 uh, is over £500 million. So uh, hopefully a lot of more people will be housed. And, you know, you mentioned, and I know uh, Tim Lucy, the Chief Executive of Core County Council, you know, mentioning that, you know, Core County Council is a, a business. So they're facing the soaring costs that every business and indeed every household is uh, facing. Is there any chance or do you hope that the government will step in to try to defer some of the additional council costs, not just for Cork County Council, but all local authorities? Yes, sir. well, like, you, you know, this goes back to 2021 again, Patricia, where there was a comprehensive independent um, error report done by Maynute um, University um, and Cork County Council on um, funding that they receive, whether it was through the Rural Regeneration Fund, CLAR, Town and Village, Local Improvement Scheme, which is a big issue down here in West Cork. I have the amount of people that ring me, whether they're from Skull, Goline, the Bear Peninsula. The, the Local Improvement Scheme is a, is a scheme that helps, um, um, we say, private roads to get their roads done up. Like, And um, it, like we're only getting dribs and drabs every year, but this report showed that Cork County Council is not getting the funding with the size of county we have. And since I became um, county mayor, I've asked for a meeting with our three Cork, um, between our Taoiseach and the two Cork ministers, Minister McGrath and Minister Cobley. I will say Minister McGrath and Minister Cobley did come back and say they would meet me. I want to meet the three of them together. And um, the mayor, or the, the Taoiseach's office came back last week and uh, basically... Um, he said he'd meet me, but it would have to be the new year that his calendar was very full. So uh, he'd be tarnished in less clout, I would say. But look, it goes down like this was an independent report done, done in Maynooth University. We are not getting the funding we should be getting from government.
Yeah, yeah, and for the county the size of it. All right, listen, Danny, I appreciate you taking time out to talk to us today because I know how busy your calendar is, but thank you for that. And thank thanks uh, for joining us. That is the Mayor of uh, Cork County, Danny Collins, on the passing of the budget for 2023. And about 15% of uh, businesses will have to pay the additional 3.5% rate in the commercial rate hike. 0818103103. John Paul taking your calls. Cork today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Now, next month, Winton Atira will launch a new app which will alert emergency services and family or friends if the user is attacked or suddenly falls, with the app giving the person's exact location. To find out more, I'm joined by Dermot Cronin of Winton Atira's Community Alert. And also on the line is Declan Collins, who created the app. Good morning to you, gentlemen. And you're welcome. Declan, if I can start with you, um, how is this new app different to, say, the panic alarms that many older people currently have? The way that it's different is that um, this app is on your phone, so it it goes around with you. You don't need anything around your neck or anything else like that, and you don't have to be at home. So you can travel with your phone down the street, out into a field, Um, wherever you might be, whereas a lot of the other ones that you're mentioning are confined to incidents that may happen in your home. The pendants, yeah. Um, So, just explain the backstory, why you decided to create this app. Okay, so a couple of reasons, but the the main reason being an event which happened, a personal event to happen to my brother, where somebody was trying to break into his house he took his wife and child and son, they went and locked themselves in a, in a bedroom to try to stay safe. After a while, between five and ten minutes, but felt an awful lot longer because you're terif- he was terrified at the time, the intruder went away and didn't actually come into the house at all. And afterwards, ha- having spoken to the, the guardie, myself and Shane was my brother's name, we put our heads together and we spoke to some neighbours as well and we realised that what actually happened was some of Shane's neighbours had disturbed the, the would-be intruders. And we put our heads together to figure out could we make this happen by design instead of it happening in his case by accident because it was very effective in actually keeping him safe. Mm. We did a little bit of research and from some other countries found that the concept of a witness was a very powerful concept so that if you could actually get somebody to, to witness something, the, the would-be perpetrators are much more likely to run away rather than continue. But you need to alert somebody to say something's going on. Yes, but yeah. the, the, the plan then was, how, or the trick was, uh, the challenge, how would we actually make it happen so that the people who would be the witnesses would actually know that they were required. Okay. And that's how we came up with having the panic button, the emergency button in the Cordia app, to hit the button, send messages to people who you would have pre-nominated okay. they will be people who will be very well known to you and close by so that they can respond very quickly to your need for help So the, uh, so the app works like your standard app you'll download the app onto your mobile phone Yes so it works like a standard app um, you download it onto your phone you, you must be a member of a community alert maintenance here community alert group Okay. so the first step would be to join a group the second step would be to download the app. 
the third step would be to set up your nominated Cordia and then you're ready to go. And if the people you've nominated don't respond, does it then go through to the emergency services? It goes then to a 24-hour monitoring station and the 24-hour monitoring station then will pick up that call. They'll call you back to see what the, the problem is. Um, if you're in a position to answer them and explain to them, they'll get the relevant um, services for you. If you're not in a position to answer the call, they'll get the Gardaí. This this could be um, a real lifesaver, Declan. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking of um, somebody out in, as you said, out in the fields, a farmer and an accident happens. Um, all they have to do is, is press the button and even if they then lose consciousness, this app will locate where the phone is and where the person is. That's right, yes. That's incredible. Yeah. And in, in terms of the location, I know many times people are afraid that they're being tracked while they're using apps or whatever else. Yeah. This button works on the basis that when you hit the button, that's when we capture the location. So it's not tracking all the time. It sends the location when you hit the button and the people who receive the location then can, can come and find you. The so, location will be sent yeah. to your cordia and it will be sent to the monitoring station should they be um, involved in the call. And fantastic peace of mind for any older person and for, yes. and for, their, for their family to know that if something happens to mum or dad, they can press this button and it'll get through to a son or daughter or whoever's nominated. And if they're not available, some emergency service will come to their aid. That's it. That's the, that's the whole idea. It's, it's very about being safe and having peace of mind that you are safe. Brilliant. Brilliant. What, and what's your background, Declan, that you had the skill set to put this app together? I, before I worked with Internetera and was involved in building the, the app, I worked in the central bank in software development for about 30 years. All right. Okay. So I have a, quite a strong technical background to be able to understand how to put these things together. OK, well done. Well done. Let me bring in uh, Dermot Cronin of uh, Community Alert with Winter Natira. Uh, good morning, Dermot. Good morning, Patricia. Would, would you agree? And lovely to talk to you again as well. Would you agree? That, I mean, this is the potential to save lives. Yes, and uh, there is a wider aspect to this than just um, older people. The uh, app is uh, very much a type of application that young, out and about people enjoying life, out exercising, will use on virtually a daily basis. We hear horrible stories time and time and time again of uh, ladies being assaulted, uh, being harassed when they're out or a run. Yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about that, that nervousness of thinking you're being followed, knowing yeah. you're being followed. And Wondering some, are you being stalked? Yeah, to be able to press this button and suddenly you get through to somebody and start talking to somebody. And uh, the, when you press the button, no matter what little by road or what little track in the wood you're in, your friends can Location. Identify exactly where Facts, you are. Yeah. Because if you're trying to give a verbal description of where you are in a situation like that, it's not going to work very no, well. No, no. When this, do you when do you hope to launch the app, Dermot? The app is actually a fifth generation at this stage. The app has been in use since um, 2017, I think, Declan, and uh, it has evolved and evolved and evolved and will continue over the years to come. Please God to evolve. 
as we identify changing crime patterns and changing needs of people. This is generation five of the app and uh, testing is going on at the moment. We expect the generation five will actually be up online on everybody's phone well before Christmas. But at the moment, anybody in a maintenance group, the alert group, can download the existing app. They receive all Garda alerts through it. Now, if they don't download the app, obviously the SMS alert will still arrive on their phone. But the application has uh, both community messaging, Garda messaging. There's a logbook for uh, recording details of property. There's the facilities to send out all sorts of local alerts. It could be roads blocked with trees, floods, wire, cattle down, uh, cattle out on the road, all sorts of things. There was a, an alert sent out there a few weeks ago of cows on the straight road going into Cork. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's used in so many different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anti-social behaviour is another use that uh, I see groups making of it. They, some damage done, graffiti. And that's, but that's the text alert you're talking about? That's the text alert. That's the mentioned here, yeah. text alert. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. and then um, somebody's saying, what is the name of this amazing app? God bless those guys uh, for coming up with this. That's from Shay. So to download the app, it's it's the Corda app. Corda, yeah, friends. C-A-I-R-D-E. Somebody else asking, is there a charge uh, for this app? No, the uh, the community group uh, pay the standing charge per month. Uh, all use of the app itself is free. Well, fantastic, fantastic. You, 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 you uh, as an individual, may be asked to make some donation like to the local group. Yeah. But you actually needn't be a member of a group exactly where you're working. It often happens that people from, say, Kerry or Limerick are working in Cork. They may be members of a group up in Limerick or Kerry. Yeah. And uh, you can use their app quite effectively down here. Okay, okay. It's uh, the the reason that you need to be a member of a maintenance era group is so that we know who we're dealing with. It's a security feature in it. Okay, okay. And and talking of community alert groups, uh, dear Madar, are they as busy as ever? I uh, notice a massive pickup in you? the last few months. Yeah, uh, things uh, obviously were very cautious during the COVID lockdown. Um, people were nervous. There was a lot of very good work being done, and uh, I'd like to uh, publicly s- express my thanks to all those people that were involved in Meals and Wheels, the uh, the sports stars from the GA and other organisations that uh, stepped up to the mark and went out and uh, helped people. And we found our community alert groups very, very useful in identifying very reclusive individuals that uh, were so under the radar that uh, could they could have been missing for a long time. Okay. Okay. And uh, the Garda Shikana played a, a, a blinder of a game uh, during the course of the two years. Um, there's a fantastic um, positivity in Ireland. We are a great nation of people no matter what's thrown at us in the nation, we seem to be able to dig down and um, there's true grit in the Irish. Yeah, and I tell you, those Winton Atira um, uh, groups, they're the backbone of communities. They really are. Listen, well done, uh, Declan. Uh, once again, uh, congratulations to you. Well done on getting this app uh, together. And uh, dear, it's a pleasure as always uh, to talk to you. Uh, thank you both for joining us this morning. 
Thank you. Good morning to you. Uh, bye bye. Dear McCrone and Declan Collins, Winton Atira, the Corda app, C A I R D E. If you're a member of any of the community alert, um, Winton Atira community alert groups, you'll be able to download that app. And I would encourage you, please, to download those app, uh, apps, particularly if you have older family members who might be okay with apps, explain it to them, download it to them on their phone. But also, I, I hadn't even thought about the the importance of them for young people out and about and particularly young females walking home late at night who can get really, really nervous and really, really spooked, uh, particularly if they think somebody is following them. So, so well done on that uh, Corda app. And Eddie has been on just to let people know that the Amazon scam calls are doing the uh, rounds. He's already had one this morning just to let people know. And a lot of people will be buying items from Amazon at the moment and could easily get caught out. Be careful of that. And I did see somebody yesterday saying the HSC app that one of our listeners got duped with only a couple of weeks ago and lost 2,000 euro. This is the one telling you that you have, are a close contact of somebody from, with the Omicron uh, with COVID and, and asking you to click on the link. So just be careful. Lots of scams during the rounds. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Following our, my interview with Winton Tira about that Corda uh, app, somebody says, if you are in a neighbourhood watch group, will you be able to get that app as if you're in a neighbourhood watch group? The listener says you do receive text messages and alerts a little bit like what uh, Dermot Cronin was explaining uh, happens with uh, Winton and Tira. They're, they're similar, but they're different in that the neighbourhood watch is the crime prevention programme aimed at communities in urban a- areas and it's local people getting involved with Angarda Shiakona, whereas the community alert programme is, is, again, same thing, a safety Program, a community safety program, but it is for rural areas and that operates again. They liaise with Angarda Shikona, but that's operated by Muinchinatira and it's Muinchinatira who have produced this particular app for its uh, members. But I imagine if you're in an area, if you contact Muinchinatira, there might be, there could actually be a Muinchinatira group close enough to you, even if you're in a large urban area, but they are predominantly in rural areas and certainly they're in a lot of the villages and uh, rural areas right across uh, Cork so I, uh, my suggestion to you would be is maybe get on to Mwintinatira just to see if you can get involved and sign up to a Mwintinatira community alert group 0818 103 103 couple of calls have come in that we just want to follow up on First of all, we had a couple of calls in for people in the Donnerail area. A number of people were telling us that bulbs were out on the street lights, and obviously with very dark evenings now, with people out and about walking, it can be quite dangerous. One person had contacted the council who took a note of it. Another person was told to contact the uh, ESB, and one felt they were being sent from pillar to post. Anyway, if there are bulbs out on street lights in any area, it's SSE Airtricity. They are the ones who are responsible for street lighting in this uh, country. And what you need to do is there is a dedicated SSE Airtricity phone number. And what they ask you to do is on every single street light on the pole, there is a number. You need to take down that number. Then you report it to SSE Airtricity and then they sort it out. So when we got on to SSA Electricity on behalf of the people in Donnerwell, they said they were aware of the situation in Donnerwell, so we're assuming somebody must have got on to them and they will get around to sorting it out. And they are pretty good. They are pretty good. We've had them, we've had to contact them before and generally speaking, they're very quick to get out there, get the bulbs in and get the street light, lighting back up and running. And then Stephen was on to us this morning to say that the 9.25am, the morning bus service from Clonakilty to Cork City that travels via Cross Barry, Stephen 
Stephen obviously is a regular on this bus and he's noticed and I don't know how long this has been going on for but he said there's a number of seats blocked off on the bus. They're the seats directly behind the driver and are near the driver. Now he says the bus isn't always full but it's got Brendan scratching his head wondering why are those seats blocked off and why are people not allowed uh, to sit in them. We've contacted Bus Aaron. I don't know what the reason for it is but we're contacting uh, Bus Aaron uh, to see if we can get an answer for you Stephen so hang in there. And then we had a call in yesterday from a listener who had received a text message from Irish Water informing them that there was going to be a disruption to the water supply in Bandon and there was a link that the listener could click on for further information and obviously this person is very aware listen to this programme you'll be very aware there's so many scams doing the rounds at the moment and we're always talking about unsolicited text messages unsolicited phone calls or emails and just to be very careful about clicking on any links so this listener contacted us and t- to say do I click on this link why would they be sending out a link is it genuine so we sent an email off to Irish Water asking them do they send out text messages like that And, you know, is this particular text genuine? And Irish Water came back and they say they do send out text messages, but they only send out text messages to a customer if you've signed up to receive such information from Irish Water. So they don't send unsolicited ones. But if you've signed up and I don't know whether our listener had signed up or not, but they they were able to confirm that they did send text messages out to people in the Bandon uh, area who had signed up to them because yesterday there was a burst water main that was causing disruptions not just in Bandon, it was in our Clannacilty Road, Old Chapel, New Road in Bandon and surrounding uh, areas. And the work was... Uh, going to be sorted out yesterday so we're assuming that they did get it sorted out so that they were sending out texts I just don't know if our listener or not had signed up for that uh, service but if you do people who have signed up will be receiving those texts so they're not scams and yesterday also on the programme we had uh, Magella Beatty who joined us from Care Champions she was uh, talking to us about highlighting the issue that some families are still having particularly when it comes to loved ones in nursing homes and trying to get access to get in to see their loved ones and they're still being limited uh, Some I was really taken aback to hear that some nursing homes around the country are still only offering window visits and as soon as there's any kind of even one or two cases of COVID in the nursing home they shut the nursing home down now I listen I absolutely understand trying to protect people but it's causing huge distress both for the residents of the nursing home and for the families as well and uh, care champions who advocate on behalf of people who are in hospital and in nursing homes and their families were saying that they have a situation in the north where you nominate a dedicated person and regardless of what's going on in the nursing home that person is allowed in you know once they take all the necessary precautions and all of that and that we need to introduce something here uh, in Ireland uh, as well. Anyway a listener was saying thank you so much for highlighting and having Magella on your programme. Families who lost loved ones in nursing homes during the COVID pandemic are still looking for answers and have some very and need to have some very serious concerns addressed. Government is constantly ignoring them, not engaging with them. A public inquiry is needed to learn from and to put in place the safeguards that are needed to protect present and future residents in all care settings. And that's coming from Patrick emailing Patricia at c103.ie. Thank you for that, uh, Patrick. And I think you're right. I do think there's a lot of people would agree with you that a public inquiry uh, is needed, particularly for 
loved ones that were lost in nursing homes and many families are struggling because they don't have the answers and if you don't have the answers and you don't fully understand what happened in the care of your loved one it just makes that bereaving bereavement process just go on so much longer and people just need to get closure and they can only get closure by finding out what happened and and I also think Patrick is right a public inquiry or some kind of an inquiry we can put people can put their hands up and say look we made mistakes we shouldn't have done that and therefore we learn from it so that we never do it again in going forward 0818103103 Ger in Ahada is on about the homeless figures and I'm assuming everybody copped that figure at the weekend our homeless figure has gone to I think it's over 11,500 people we're at the highest number of people now living in emergency accommodation Ger said absolutely frightening to hear those figures and yet she said about two weeks ago on this programme I was talking about the number of asylum seekers that were arriving into Dublin airport and a huge proportion of them arriving without any documentation and you know to get on a plane they need a documentation and somewhere between getting off the plane and arriving into passport control their paperwork had suddenly disappeared and obviously then that's causing additional problems for the asylum seeker process etc and of course they arrive in, in here saying they want international protection and then they go into the asylum uh, system and those numbers are rising all the time uh, Jara says you know how can we be allowing this to continue he said I'm not talking about the Ukrainians they're fleeing war but he said it's the number of people that are coming here claiming international protection and looking for Asylum. Ireland cannot continue to spend money on those people arriving into the country. But how do you how do you stop somebody coming? Um, and because once they land, they then can claim that they are looking for international protection. They go into the um, and the asylum system. And under international law, we have to look after them. We have to assess go through the process I mean our problem is the process is taking so long to see if they are genuine asylum seekers Uh, you can't arrive you can't be an economic migrant you can't arrive because you want a better life you've got to be fleeing for your own life your own life is at risk that's that's how the asylum process works but how do we stop the numbers of people and the increase in the number of people that we are seeing but interesting Ger when you mentioned the Ukrainians and you're saying you're not you've nothing against the Ukrainians coming I did notice that the Taoiseach Yesterday, Micheál Martin was saying that the government will continue to do everything it can to help house those who are arriving into Ireland who have fled the war in Ukraine. But he did, and he did say, look, this is a humanitarian crisis, but he did admit that it is proving very, very uh, challenging. And of course, his comments come as Cork County Council are now appealing to anyone who has an unoccupied property that you might be willing to offer it as a temporary home for those fleeing the war in Ukraine. Now, this is a new programme and it's it's local authorities all over the country. So Cork County Council are very much involved in this. They're looking for offers of standalone properties. What they're talking about really here are holiday uh, homes, houses that are not occupied by others. They must have their own separate entrance and they must have all of the main facilities required for independent uh, living. Uh, It's not a call out for properties who are willing to be shared with the owner, like if you have a spare bedroom, for example, because any of the pledges for shared accommodation, that's still being looked after by the Irish Red Cross. These are standalone properties where there's nobody living in them and they have electricity and water and they've got everything that you would need for independent living. Like there's beds in there, there's a cooker, a washing machine, you know, anything 
it's, it's a holiday home really is what they're talking about now it's from Thursday of this week the 1st of December those offering anyone that has a house that's not inhabited at the moment willing to offer to refugees arriving from the Ukraine they will be able to avail of a tax free what's been called a recognition payment and you will receive 800 euro per month and um Irish people under the programme Cork County Council they will liaise with the owners to assess the suitability and then they arrange for their use by Ukrainian people and um, their families and I saw uh, Tim Lisi of Cork County Council you know saying look Irish people are have been incredibly supportive of the people of Ukraine but Tim was making the point that he knows that people are anxious to help where they can so therefore they're now appealing to anyone who has a house an apartment or a holiday home that they're not using at the moment that they might consider offering those who need shelter and safety from the uh, war Uh, if you have a property that is otherwise going to be empty for this winter they're saying please contact Cork County Council to offer the home because they're badly needed at the moment and to offer a home you can go to a website which is called Offer ahome.ie offerahome.ie as they say all of the local authorities around the country are running the same uh, scheme but that's the one being operated by Cork County Council and we assume because of the beautiful county that we live in there are a number of holiday homes here in Cork probably more Kerry would be another county I imagine that would have a lot of holiday homes but probably more holiday homes than say you would have in some of the counties around the country so offerahome.ie if you have an un, it must be uninhabited it can't be a house share if you are willing to give it over for the winter months to the Ukrainians and as I say you will be paid from this Thursday it's 800 euro per month 0818103103 John Paul's taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp to 086 103103. C103 Jobs. With the new Charleville Nursing Home. Find their current available positions at molumhealthcare.com forward slash careers. A general operative is wanted for dairy engineering company that's in the Ballyhay Charleville area. CVs please to jimbrown1 at outlook.com. A part time childcare practitioner is wanted in Mitchellstown. CVs please to Bright Spark Childcare at hotmail.com while a carpenter is wanted for a housing development in Court McSherry CVs please to jobs at habitatfrench.com and Molen Healthcare they're holding their final recruitment open day today it's on from now until 6.30 this evening in the Charleville Park Hotel it's for the new nursing home that's due to open in Charleville if you'd like to check out what jobs are available then you can visit molenhealthcare.com or you can email recruitment at molenhealthcare.com You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Promoter, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. cmig.ie Now, yesterday we received uh, the following email from one of our listeners in North Cork that read, to make a long story short, I'm currently searching for a place to rent like so many others. Last Saturday, I was offered a viewing of a property in North Cork. The first viewing, by the way, I've been offered in months of searching. When I arrived at the property, I firstly was a little surprised to find that others had been given the same time slot as I was for the viewing. However, beggars can't be choosers, so I bit my tongue and carried on. After I'd looked around, 
round I was presented with a questionnaire the lady showing the house said that her father was the owner and he would like everybody viewing the property to answer the following questions on the sheet the previous viewer had mistakenly put her answers on the sheet that I was happened so I was handed so I was able to read all of her details as well on this questionnaire I was asked not only for my PPS number but also the PPS numbers of any other person and their names etc who might stay in the house should I be offered the property for rent I was uneasy about giving my own PPS number or indeed any others that might stay with me so I declined to answer these questions even though I knew this would immediately give me no chance of being offered the house is this normal when viewing a property is it legal to gather such information? If they asked those questions, then they must be able to seek the information connected to the PPS number. How can that be so? It's my understanding that this information was only accessible to state uh, bodies. Uh, if you read, if uh, I, I didn't even read the rest of the questions because I refused to give any more information, so I just uh, left. I'm trying to work out if this is uh, legal. So a number, when I read it out yesterday, a number of our listeners uh, said who you need to contact is threshold in Cork to try to find out how common is this and why would this information be needed at the time of viewing Adele Condon of Threshold in Cork joins me good morning to you Adele good morning Patricia so how common is this and have you heard of it happening before yeah well yes I have heard of it happening before and it shouldn't be happening because there's very clear guidance from the Data Protection Commission around this um, and it's available on their website www.dataprotection.ie and it's a very useful document actually and um, that any you know renter should should have a quick read of um, before they go viewing a property and what you described there uh, Patricia shouldn't have happened um there are principles relating to the processing of personal data and there are you know, obligations on, on the data controller, which is the agent in this case, when they're processing personal data. And, you know, it must be lawful and fair and transparent and they must minimise the data that they collect and they must store it correct, um, straight away. They, they were in breach there by um, providing the details of the previous tenant to, to, the, to, to your listener. Yeah. So they got to see all their data. So that was a breach straight away. Um, so, you know, they must only, I suppose, a prospective tenant, it's it's not a requirement for them to give their PPS in at that point in time. Um, but, once, commission, but, if, but, but then a few listeners said that if you are renting the house, the landlord will look for, for your PPS number in order to register with the RTB. Yes. Ah. So it's only at that point they can request that information not when you're just prospective tenants but that's when they're giving you a tenancy yeah so that's, that's when very they're, different yeah, that, yeah. that's when they've, they're offering you a tenancy so they do need to collect data in order to create the tenancy agreement and they do um, have a legal obligation to register the, the tenancy with the residential tenancies board so it's then they would require the, the PPSN um, number at And that would point. they require the PPS number of everybody else who would be staying in the house like what was requested here at the viewing? Uh, not not children. Uh, it wouldn't be required for, for children but um, so for whoever's going on the tenancy agreement it would be my understanding. Just the one. The, just yeah, the one number. Yeah. The one or, or the, the, the partner. So, or if there are a number of tenants um, you know that might do a house share then they may, may require it um, there as well. Can a landlord request bank statements? 
Somebody wants to know. Yes, they can. And the Commission are clear on that as well in this guidance document that they can, that it is, you know, they can justify requesting uh, proof of income and, you know, they can justify establishing whether that um, tenant will be able to pay the rent, you know. And, And to be fair to landlords, you can see why that would be necessary. And can that be done at a viewing or would that be done when the tenancy no. is offered? Again, that's when the tenancy is offered. So the, the, the data controller, the agent can only request um, data that they, they need in order to proceed. So at a viewing, they don't need that information at that point in time. So it's only when they're offering the, the tenancy that they would require that, that data. OK, so so basically what you're saying is that what happened last Saturday shouldn't have happened. But I'm assuming that a lot of other people who went to the viewing so desperate to try to secure the tenancy, people don't object. People just hand over this information. They do, Patricia, because ah. they're so desperate, as you, as you described there. Um, you know, and, and they... They, they shouldn't have to and, and you know there is laws around this um, under the general data protection regulation so um, you know people can uh, make a complaint to, to the data uh, commissioner um, but you know that's easier said than done I, I know that people are desperate out there um, to find properties and in the last DAF report um, that was um, issued last week there was only 267 homes available in Munster on the 1st of November and I, and I reckon about 85 of those were in, in the Cork area you know so I had a quick look this morning at, at Towns Charleville there was only If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
only one property or one bed available. Mallow, there was no properties available. One in McCroom, a two-bed apartment for €1,400. Three in Bedroom, three in Bandon, um, and two of those were two-bed apartments. One was €1,600. <sighs> for Moy, a two-bed apartment, €1,600. Balancolligan Ovens, <laughs> forget about it. It's a three-bed, €2,400. You know, so... It's um, just it's, monopoly money at this stage. It is, yeah, yeah. You know, they have left rents just get uh, higher and higher, unaffordable. It's the highest year-on-year increase we've seen, actually, uh, 14.1% in the last year. It's the highest year-on-year increase since staff have started to do the reports, and that's uh, they started in 2005. So, so when I, when our listener started the email by saying I was offered the viewing of a property, the first first viewing I've been offered in months of searching, that's not yes. unusual. That's not unusual right now. Yeah, people are finding it very very difficult to even get the viewing. Um, a lot of people are successful, Patricia, through word of mouth. You know, just through friends and family who might be moving on. Um, so you know, some people don't like you know, letting people know that what's happening in their private life. But unfortunately, you know, I have seen success in sharing, you know, your story that you might have been issued with a notice of termination that's valid and you have to, to vacate. And, and people will watch out for each other. I saw on Facebook last night a few people I know, a property came up in the locality. There's loads of people sharing it for people, you know, to, to get the word out there. A property has come up in the local village, you know, yeah. So um, they were sharing that, which is lovely to see, you know, people supporting people each other. People want to help each other out because, I mean, only yesterday yeah. on our news bulletin, we were talking about, I think it was over 500 people are living in emergency accommodation in Cork City and County. The highest figure ever. That's people in emergency, people living in hotels and guest houses. Yeah, the, the national figure has gone over 11,000 now, the highest figure ever recorded. So it, it is very worrying. Um, but, you know, again, I just want to stress the importance of, of the work that Threshold do. We can prevent tenancies from ending by checking notices of termination, checking rent reviews. Over 50% of the notices of termination that we come across are invalid. People do not have to move when they receive an invalid notice of termination. Now, we do have a moral, uh, an eviction ban at the moment as well, Patricia. Yeah. So that no one should be vacating at their properties at the moment unless it's for breach of um, tenant obligations or, or rent arrears. There are um, protections there for landlords. But um, really important that people get in touch with us to, to check, check the notice. And is, is, that, is that taking a little bit of the nervousness away? I mean, the, you, you can always sense anyone in rented accommodation living in fear, you know, that the landlord mm-hmm. is going to say, I need the property back, I want to move back in, I have a son and daughter who's coming back from somewhere and they, they want to move in uh, to the house. I mean, that's giving a little bit the fact that they can't be evicted. That runs until into the new year, isn't it? It is, yeah, so the new termination dates um, start again from kind of mid-April on. You know, it does give people a bit of a breathing space. They can actually, you know, try and enjoy Christmas, you know, with their children and their families and their homes. Um, You know, but all, you know, the worry is still there for people. But again, really important that, you know, people get advice, you know, if they're entitled to housing assistance payment or rent supplement, that they avail of it to take that pressure off paying, you know, these high rents or... You know, a lot of people don't know that they might be even entitled to go on their local authority um, list, you know, to, to housing register. Housing list, yeah, yeah get, so get your name on it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So really important to look at what your options are. Um, again, you know, um, get advice and, and, you know, knowledge is, is power. Yeah, yeah, it know, is. But, it's, but it's listening to those listening to those figures of rent that you were calling out, you know, 1,400... 
1,600, 2,400. I take it it's impossible for a single person to rent, is it, in this day and age? Unless they're on a huge wage package. It it is. It's really difficult for single people. Um, Thankfully, they did make changes to the housing assistance payment recently where they awarded a couple's rate to a single person. So that, you know, did help some people and they did increase the discretion of 20% uplift to 35% uplift. So if any of your listeners are availing of HAP and they, you know, are on the 20% discretion, they can now go back to their local authority and ask for that extra 15% and everything helps here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, important to, to look at all your options. Um, but yeah, single people, you know, it's always, it's probably, the, the local authority housing waiting lists are all the highest um, is for single people, highest number of, of applications. So, um, you know, again, it's we need more one-bed units, yeah. especially in, in cities, and you know, so it kind of goes and back I know, to planning. I know, yeah, and, I know the local authorities are trying. I mean, they're desperately are trying, but it's... it's And it's been a problem for years, Adele. This isn't a new problem. No, it's it's not. It's, it's a problem... With a, a long, long time, um, probably I would say going on about ten years. I'm a threshold thirteen years next week, wow. so um, I think ten years now. Um, this has been, you know, kind of gradually getting worse and worse and worse. Um, you know, so the build, like it's all coming down to supply. Everything is coming back to the supply issue. Um, we have this new scheme, cost rental left coming in, but the numbers are low. We need to, you know, really increase every kind of tenure across um, the country, you know, cost rental, uh, local authority, building, approved housing body, tenancies. Um, we have to get landlords back into the private rented sector because they're after um, leaving in in thousands. Um, so we need, the, the government need to look at incentives to get people, landlords back in, keep the landlords that are there, um, to to prevent the landlord selling, you know, yeah, um, or else look at ways of, you know, maybe if they sell, if the landlord does want to sell, that they sell the property with the sitting tenant to, you know, and get maybe reduced um, tax. Um, yeah, there's loads of things that they could be doing. Okay, and in the meantime, if anybody's looking for housing advice, to contact you at Cork. That's it, 1800 454 454. Thanks, okay. Patricia. Listen, well done, well done. Um, thanks Thank a million. You. Thanks for joining us. That is uh, Adele Condon of uh, Threshold in uh, Cork. Uh, so it was illegal what happened to our listener. He should not have been asked for his PPS number at the uh, viewing. And whoever took all those PPS numbers, they're breaching GDPR rules to, uh, data protection. And I hope that they have disposed of all of the information correctly. Now, a new company which has launched here in Cork aims to help people tell the stories of their loved one via a QR code on the headstone in the graveyard. To tell us more about the story, the story of that's the name of the company. I'm joined by one of the founders of the company and that's uh, Judy Russell. Good morning to you Judy. Good morning, how are you? I'm very well and thank you for taking time out to, to talk to us. I have to say I absolutely love the concept of this, of your company uh, but start by telling me where the, the idea came from. 
Well, there were two strands because there's three founders. So okay. my kind of point of view was I was always trying to record my mum. Like my mum is, is a real character. She's got amazing stories. She's got, you know, great lessons to pass on to other people. And because I work in video, I was always kind of sitting her down and saying, what lessons would you like to pass on? What are some of the things that you've learned in your life and things? So I started doing that about eight years ago. And I was like, I'd love like if I could create a system that could kind of help other people do this too because it's actually quite easy once you kind of you know a few small kind of things and then I met Danny and at the time Danny was trying to um, create a gravestone for his granddad who had passed away and he was saying like there isn't enough characters on that go on a gravestone to bring out the personality of the person within the grave or the people within the grave so what he was thinking at the time was putting an ipad into the grave that like showed a montage of photos and he was looking to get solar power to keep get electricity to go to the ipad to keep it going and then he came up with the idea of the qr code on the gravestone and then i was like well if the qr code could lead to a page that had video well multimedia essentially because not everyone wants to be on video um wouldn't that be a great idea and then we got our third co-founder then luke on board and yeah then yeah the rest is is, is history well, unreal so the idea is that the QR, qr code is engraved onto the headstone it can be. So I actually met another lady who actually thought about grave uh, putting a QR code onto her father's gravestone long before we did. And she got it engraved. But she said it was the most difficult thing that she like one of the most difficult things she ever had to do. She found one man who was up for the challenge. She was a, a stonemason and he did it for her. But our one is actually an aluminium um, plate that you attach onto it. Um, so that it, you can take it off or put it on or change it and stuff like okay. that. But I, I thought it was really interesting that she got hers engraved. engraved. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense, actually, now that I think about it. So the QR code is on the grave and somebody visiting the grave scans it. And then give us an example of, of, what, of what would come up. So in Danny's grandfather's page, which you can go on into into the grave site now and actually scan it, it comes up with a picture of him first. And obviously we don't have any uh, photos or not. Sorry, we don't have any audio recordings or video. So it's all photos and text. But Danny went and found the story of his grandfather and found the images and went and spoke to cousins and friends. And Danny never actually met his grandfather in person. And now he has this whole like story of his grandfather which makes him feel like he knows him better That's now terrific. that he's he's gone through this so it's it's beautiful so you can go on there and see but what we're really focusing on is the storytelling part of it so it's not just kind of you know a biography and dates and facts it's like it's the interesting stuff that made that person who they were is what we love about this and we, like what really excites me about it it's what we're leaving behind for the future generations I mean I'm, I have a massive interest in ancestry and finding out about our roots and where we came from and, and bringing those people to life and that's what you're doing with this concept that's hopefully it yeah that that's exactly the dream like you know like you know like my mum you know she's still here and I'm so grateful that she's still here and I don't know how I'm going to feel when she's not here but there's some kind of I don't know insurance that I have that video to look back on yeah. when she's not here you know it's just it makes me feel like I've done something good for for the future I think and and what what stories have have you asked what questions have you been asking your mum you said you've been doing it for eight years well, you know, I haven't been doing it every day for eight years. No, now. no. <laughs> but every so often I'll get a notion and be yeah. like, do you want to do this? So what I actually what I've learned is that I prep prepper first. I sit down with her and I go through some questions like we have a question. We're creating a question generator where, you know, a person can go on 
like for their parent and kind of, you know, pick questions with them because we're not really targeting the older person we're kind of targeting their younger relatives who can help them yeah like a, like an assistant almost a technological assistant or something like that uh, so they'd go on and then they pick the question so we have like maybe 150 questions that you could ask and then I'd go through with my mom and say which ones do you which ones kind of resonate with you and then she'd pick them and then she'd think about them and then we'd, I'd get her on camera just with a mobile phone now. And, you know, her page is up online as well. And you can see the quality of the phone is excellent. And, you know, maybe I'd, I'd encourage people to get a little mic. But again, they're easy to use. But, you know, we want to help people with that part of it as well, like the, the storytelling and the technological side of it so that they can do the story justice themselves. And your company will help people do that, help, put, help people put together their memorials. That's it. That's what we want to focus on. We think that that's our our kind of real separating us from anyone else who could do this is the fact that all of us are storytellers. Like I'm a videographer. Luke, the other founder, is also a videographer. And then Danny almost tells stories through technology. He's brilliant at, you know, turning um, technology into something that's digestible by making it story friendly, if you get what I mean. Yeah, it's 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 fa- and I'm also thinking when it, when I was reading up about it and and loving the concept of it, you could also place the QR code on a memorial bench, couldn't you? It doesn't necessarily have to be on in on a grave. Absolutely, and like you know, you could even put it on a key ring if you wanted to on remembrance cards. Like you can print it out on things, and you know, eventually, like we're going to focus on the people side of it now. But if there was a building that had an amazing history you could put mm. a QR code on the outside of the building and say the story of something building and tell the story through that way as well but we're, we're really staying with the people side at the moment it's brilliant. Um, until it's, we it's kind brilliant. Of and how, how since you've launched how are you doing is there a lot of interest there's so much interest we are so amazed and you know what's what's really like making me so happy and proud of this is that we're getting really personal messages from people who have lost people in their lives and they're willing to share their story with us about why they're why they want to do this like and I'm 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 blown away like I was actually you know the first night I was like oh my god like like we can't be doing something wrong if, if this is the kind of response that we're getting I'm just I'm so grateful to everyone who has messaged us. Okay and you mother is happy to is happy to have hers ready to go almost well she's already sharing hers you see she's so <laughs> proud of hers that, like her story is her story of now and she's she's shared it with all of her friends and her friends are like Mary I never heard that part and oh, I never knew that happened and god you're brilliant on camera and all this stuff so she's delighted with it and then it gives her solace as well that that's going to be available for her grandson in the future someday when he, whenever he wants to yeah, um, and, watch and, it. and her great-grandchildren or great-great-great-grandchildren Exactly. And like we're all carrying around these amazing devices which allow us to capture this stuff. It's just motivating ourselves and maybe having a platform where it's available to share and stored safely is is kind of what we're trying to achieve as well. OK, so your website is the story of is it is it dot I.O. Now, what's the dot I.O.? <laughs> so all the dot coms are gone. Okay. <laughs> so the dot io is kind of like a new tech ending, is what I read, and I was like, okay, that's perfect. Uh, so I'm seeing it actually more and more now. Oh, dot io, because um, it was so, funny. Yeah. It was funny when when um, both myself and John Paul is producing when when I was 
doing some research on this yesterday. I questioned with John Paul. I said, is that a misprint? And then we were looking <laughs> at it and there was some theories. He said, no, no, it's not. It's not. It's new. OK, so it's dot .io. Dot .io. That's it. Uh, listen, Someone said yesterday, E-I-E-I-O. Oh, yeah, that's, that's it, yeah. good, good, good way to remember That'll it. That'll probably be the next one. Listen, it's fantastic. I wish you the best of luck uh, with it. I, I think you've hit on a real, real winner here, uh, Judy. And it's lovely to hear somebody so excited about a project as well, which, which is terrific. Uh, so, Donna, best wishes to your mother as well, because she sounds amazing. I will. I will. Listen, Listen, be delighted. Thank you so Judy, much for Judy, thanks time. for that and thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye-bye. That is uh, Judy Russell, one of the co-founders of that uh, company, the story of .io as opposed to uh, .ie. Some of your comments and still getting in comments about that young boy who I started the programme by mentioning the young boy from uh, County Wexford who's had horrific, horrific facial uh, injuries and actually can't breathe on his own. He's actually has a, a breathing tube inserted into his um, little throat in order to uh, breathe and everybody hoping he makes a full uh, recovery. Somebody said, Patricia, terrible about that little boy. Please God, he will be full recovery. Yeah, but he's going to be scarred for life. Anyway, also the children who witnessed that attack, they will need to get counselling uh, for sure. It got me thinking though, sisters, now what about the Ukrainian refugees who are fleeing the war who have come into this country? Some of them have brought dogs with them. If so, how do we know what kind of dogs they are? That's from a Mitchellstown uh, listener. Well, I'm assuming that any of the Ukrainians that have arrived uh, with dogs, if any of the dogs are on that restricted dog breed list, then they'll have to abide by the same rules as Irish people do even though not everybody is doing it in that they'll have to make sure the dogs are muzzled they'll have to be on a lead um, etc but I do know only last week the government uh, got on to the Ukrainian authorities both here in Ireland and in Ukraine and were saying to Ukrainians who are planning to come to Ireland please leave your pets behind because they're having issues with housing Ukrainians that specifically have uh, pets and they're asking other Ukrainians that are here that when they come here not to take on uh, pets because of the housing situation that we already have. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. I've just spotted that the government have agreed to defer the planned rise in road tolls on our motorways and they are deferring the planned increases for six months. They won't now come in until the 1st of January. There have been huge controversy when it was announced that it was at least uh, a 10 cent increase and it was due to come in at the start of January. Now it is understood deferring the increase will cost in the region of 12.5 million. Goodness, that's just on the increase. Toll roads make a lot of money but obviously when it got announced the issue provoked significant political opposition because of course it was due to come in the middle of a cost of living uh, crisis and we certainly had a lot of listeners who were very very annoyed about it and the timing of it is interesting because it's it's been announced today but later on this evening the Oireachtas Transport Committee is due to hear from representatives of Transport Infrastructure Ireland and they're coming in to defend why they were putting up the tolls on all of our our roads and they're expected to say that if the increased road toll charges was deferred in January they're going to say it'll lead to higher and larger hikes in 2024 because of high inflation which is kind of a bit of a threat really but I suppose only time will tell we're going to have to wait and see what happens there but for now the government have agreed to defer the planned rise in tolls on motorways uh, it won't be the 1st of January now will be instead from the 1st of July so we'll take whatever little bit of good news uh, we can get and of course we've lots of good news here on C103 because we are giving away 
Super Value gift cards. They are in total. We will give away five thousand euro worth of Super Value gift cards Monday to Friday. There is your chance to win every day a five hundred euro voucher. It's the C103's Christmas uh, covert, and it's your chance to win and get your Christmas festive spree. Um, well and truly sorted out at Super Value. You're listening at nine in the morning. Hopefully you did this morning with Ken uh, and counted the Christmas bells. Nick will play more Christmas bells at two o'clock and then at five o'clock today, Martina will play the final set of Christmas bells. You have to add up the three amounts that you've gathered throughout the day and that's when you'll text or WhatsApp Martina on drive time with the total amount for your chance to win to 0862 103 103 and yesterday, lots and lots of you were counting the bells and were able to tell us that it was three bells were played with Ken in the morning followed by four at two o'clock with Mark in for Nick and then Martina played a further four so the total for yesterday was 11 and our first winner this is what happened I'm very good now that I'm hearing from you Martina (laughs) (laughs) I like to have that effect on people Okay, so Sarah, first of all, before we say any more, you got to tell me how many bells did we play out today? 11 wonderful bells, Martina. Yes, can you hear that sound effect? That means you have won today our fantastic prize. Goodness, Martina, C103, thanks a million. You've made our Christmas the biggest turkey on the street now. <laughs> we'll be down to measure the turkey on the day. Is that okay, Sarah? That's no problem, no problem. <laughs> as many as you want, we'll feed you all. Oh, nice one. You might be sorry you said that <laughs> because we have no 500 euro vouchers to buy the turkey <laughs> with. You do. Well, congratulations. Thanks a million. You made my made my Christmas girl. Thanks mm, oh, you're so welcome. So a 500 euro festive shopping spree, super value gift card winging its way to you very soon. Sarah, tell us oh. a little bit about your circumstances. you got kids and stuff. Uh, you, how many yeah. will you be feeding this Christmas day? So um, I have three boys, uh, Jacob, Benjamin and Ruben. They're four, two and one. Mm. Uh, two lockdown babies. And they, <laughs> even though they're small, I'm telling you now, they eat me out of a house at home. I bet I, they do. It doesn't last me the full week, so... This will really now stretch a long way. Um, and I suppose everyone, Martine, is in the same boat this year. You know, Christmas is yeah. hard. So yeah, it's a tough one. It's so, so we're, we're definitely, anyways, my family, I'd like to say, we're very, very grateful for the um, this little bit of help now. Thank you so much. Oh. And keep the Christmas songs going. We're listening to the last couple of days. They're fantastic. Oh, we, we will. We love feeling festive here on C103. Oh, goodness, isn't she lovely? That is Sarah Connolly. What a worthy, worthy winner as well. That's, that really is terrific. Love to that call and well done uh, to Martina. We'll do it all over again today and every weekday uh, across this week and across next week it's C103's Christmas covered with super value gift cards perfect for every occasion now they are available in store or you can get them online for e-gift cards and they can be sent out with a personal message you simply search super value gift cards but you're listening weekdays 9am 2pm 5pm for your chance to win Christmas covered only on C103 0818 103 103 John Paul taking your uh, calls just some of your texts uh, in uh, particularly in the last hour when I mention my texts just as I go to read them have gone missing on me so just give me a second there and we line them back up again 
Why does it always happen? Why does technology decide to play up just when you don't want it to play up there? It's back with us. Thank you for that. Okay, this is, um, I mentioned about the holiday homes. I was talking about the Cork County Council have now put out the call and they're asking people, they've launched a programme. Now, it's been launched at all local authorities, but for us here, it's Cork County Council and they're seeking offers of standalone properties that are not occupied by anybody else, have their own entrance, door and all of the main functions required for independent living. I mean, to me, what they are describing really our holiday homes our holiday apartments and there is a website that you go on to offerahome.ie if you have such property and you're willing to offer it to Ukrainian refugees who are fleeing the war because even our own Taoiseach uh, said that you know we, we it's a humanitarian crisis but it is proving very very uh, challenging somebody said where uh, Patricia why not offer these holiday homes to homeless Irish people look after our own first it's shameful it's a disgrace says Mark Martin in from why we were only talking this morning about over 11,000 people who are in emergency accommodation in Ireland. Could they not be off at the holiday home, says Martin. And someone else says, where will the Ukrainians go when the people with the holiday homes will want the holiday homes back for themselves, i.e. next summer? I don't think this is a very good plan. Well, if you go on to the, I mentioned that they've set up this website, offerahome.ie, and it's where all the questions can be answered if you have a holiday home or an apartment that you would be willing to offer. And all this is say any questions that you may have is on it. Uh, one of the questions on it is how long will the property be required for? Because obviously if it's a holiday home, empty for the winter, but that listener is right. People will want the holiday home back because that's what they use it for in the holidays during the summer. So they say the local authority will discuss with you how long you would like to make the property available for initially in order to match the property to the most appropriate person or family. And then a time period for the arrangement is agreed before anybody moves into the property. So you can you can go on and say I'm willing to let somebody stay in the property for the month of December January, February, March, April and May but then I want it back in June because that's when I go on my holidays so you'll be green say for six months and they say that when the arrangement comes to an end if you don't wish to extend and obviously people will be asked if they would like to extend the local authority then will support the family or the person to find alternative accommodation through other offered uh, properties so there is a time scale on it and I suppose that's what makes it a bit different to what the other listener was what Martin and Fomoy were saying why don't if somebody has a holiday home why are they not offering it to Irish people the reason that they're not offering it to as Irish people is that they they would want the property back in the summer so it is different to just renting out a property Um, and again it's not rent you're you will get a payment. There is a recognition payment. It's not been called rent. It's a recognition payment, which is tax free and it's 800 euro per month. So offerahome.ie is the website if people have any further questions about it. 0818 103 103. And a WhatsApp that actually came in yesterday, thanks to uh, Martino Donahue, who spa- our own Martino Donahue, who spotted it and, and passed it on. Thank you for this. But it came in from Sandy and it was for the programme. I don't know whether Sandy sent it yesterday and it was just late arriving but there's some interesting points in this and it's to do with hotel and catering industry at the moment and we do know that hotels and the catering and restaurants are all struggling because everything's going up in price 
and they've had a difficult time. They've come out of a difficult period of COVID and there's problems with getting staff, staff, etc. But Sandy has messaged us with a couple of observations. And uh, Sandy writes, I often hear of how difficult times we're in, particularly for the hospitality industry. But I wonder, are some shooting themselves and the others in the foot? My partner and I had a meal recently. I had beef. It was 19 euro. My partner had pork, also 19 euro. And we decided we would share a dessert. The dessert was 8 euro 50. In uh, total, that was in a local hotel. The cost for dinner and a shared dessert, 46 euro and 50 cent. No drink, no alcohol involved. We had similar in two different Killarney four star uh, hotels. Now, the only difference was there was more veg and mashed potato and we did get three slices of meat as opposed to only the two slices that we got in our local hotel. In both cases in Killarney, the cost was 42 euro and 44 euro respectively. So roughly about the same, but we felt we got more on the plate in Killarney. A lot of friends have started to say and notice that portion sizes are getting smaller and some are even finding the food not very pleasant to eat. While others are commenting on the numbers of staff who are standing at a very short distance from your table and they seem to rush over to remove your plate as soon as you have finished. They ask you immediately, do you want a dessert? You're thrust a dessert menu into your hand and they're over a few months, la- few minutes later to take the order for the dessert. They'll even take the order for the dessert while others at the table may still be eating their main course. We recently ordered a toasted special in a Cork City restaurant and we got a toasted sandwich plus a spoon of coleslaw. It cost us €8.50 each. We then wanted some tea. The charge for that was an extra €3.50. Needless to say, I won't be a return customer. Quality is most important. But at the high prices we're paying, should we not also expect reasonable quantity? When getting tea, for example, with a toasted special or with sandwiches, the tea is often put on the table first. It can be cold by the time the food arrives. And that's despite, on occasions, asking for the tea not to arrive until the food has arrived. My worst experience was at a family wedding recently when the late, the evening food was served. The food served at the married couple's table, I have to say, was excellent. However, when I started to move around to another guest table, I saw and tasted what I can only describe as soggy salad sandwiches and lukewarm finger food, which in the opinion of many people sitting at the table was cooked or reheated was cooked and then reheated just in time for the evening spread, resulting in a large number of plates simply being left untouched. What a waste of food. There's some of my observations of the hospitality uh, industry at the moment. I will say uh, that's what I'm finding in some places, while others do uh, excel. So have others noticed that quality and quantity are your portion sizes smaller? Now, the only way you would know if the portion sizes are smaller would be if you were a regular in a particular restaurant or a regular in a particular hotel and you've suddenly noticed of late when you've gone in for food that the portion size has come down in size and the only is it starting is quantity and quality on the food served starting to suffer because the rising cost of everything. And I can understand with hotels and restaurants, their costs are going up. I mean, we've discussed how much their electricity costs are going up. They can only put up how much they charge to the customer. They can only put that up so much without people refusing to come in and dine with them. So are they saving 
by cutting down on the portion sizes and is quality somehow, not just quantity, also being affected. Your thoughts, if you've noticed similar, uh, that's Sandy's thoughts. 0818 103 103. John Paul, taking your calls. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council, delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. Bingo is on tonight in Moore Community Hall. It has an 8 o'clock start jackpot this week, €3,250. Bantir Bingo is on tonight, half past eight. That's in the community hall in Bantir. While Kildarri Home Books are on sale in the community office, the post office centre and in Myers Maxall in Mitchellstown. Full houses are worth €550 and the snowball prize is €1,700 this week. And Balancholic Parish, they're fundraising to supply generators for the town of Sokol in Ukraine. They're holding a cake sale on this Friday morning from 9am to 1pm in Balancholic Community Centre with all proceeds going towards the purchase of generators for the people in Ukraine. And following a request from Bandon Business Association, the Bandon College of Further Education, they're planning on running a free part-time course called Introduction to Retail Skills. It'll begin next February. Suitable for young people or people who are retired and might wish to work part-time in the retail industry. For more information, you can contact Bandon Further Education and Training Centre. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Promoter, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Spotting some of your texts and WhatsApps uh, coming in. Hi, Patricia. Thanks for playing Cliff Richard and Mistletoe and Wine. He was my idol as a teenager, Suzanne. I used to buy packets of chewing gum just to get a photo of him. What, there was a free photograph of the chewing gum and Alan says, and the thing was, I didn't like chewing gum. I still don't like it to this day. But Anne clearly remembers buying packets of chewing gum and those photographs. Was it just Cliff Richard or was there other pop stars in it as well? And Anne clearly remembers that. OK, on food prices and quantity and quality that was raised by Sandy. Hi, Patricia. I was in Cork City yesterday and my teenage son was hungry. So I took him into a local restaurant. He wanted a full Irish breakfast. It cost me... 17 euro 95 18 euro for the full Irish uh, is that just me or is that a crazy price for a full Irish breakfast I only had a cup of tea that came with the breakfast because I couldn't afford to order food for both of us oh my goodness please don't call out my name God, isn't that sad? And of course, your teenage son, of course, wouldn't have been aware that you couldn't afford to feed both of you. So €18 for a full Irish breakfast. Is that standard? Um, I've no idea how much being a vegetarian, I wouldn't be ordering the full Irish, but um, I'm hoping that he was well fed on the full Irish for the €18. Is that standard? Can anybody tell us regular people who dine out and get the full Irish somebody else says uh, yes Patricia the portion sizes are gone much smaller they're almost and I agree with Sandy they're almost waiting to take your plate away as soon as you put down your knife and fork because of that we have stopped uh, eating out uh, because of the we feel we're so rushed and, is, and that seems to be a new one is it that seems to me something that wasn't there before Sandy certainly in, in 
her commentary to us hasn't noticed it uh, before. Okay, and then just on a couple of other texts, the landlord's PPS number when people are querying about why you would have to give it for a tenancy. When you get your tenancy agreement from the RTB, the landlord's PPS number is on it as well. The tenant actually gets that uh, number, uh, but you shouldn't be threshold are saying they shouldn't ask your PPS number when you're only going for a uh, viewing. Um, and then someone else says, Trish, I'm living in this house nearly 15 years and the owner has sent me a solicitor's letter two months ago to terminate my tenancy in six months' time. I've nowhere to go. People really can't care less. OK, the first thing I would say to you is get on to threshold straight away just to make sure that that is legitimate and that you do have to vacate. Um, you've got why well, you've four months uh, left. There is a ban on evictions until April. I don't know if you're covered or not by that. The fact that the letter went out two months ago, but please get onto it, threshold, give them a call, um, let them see the copy of the letter, and they they will be able to advise you. But my heart goes out to you because it is so so difficult at the moment, and to have been living in a house for fifteen years. That is a long long time to suddenly need to be trying to find property. I wish you luck in, in that search. I really do. When we were talking about the gravestones and the QR code, do you need permission of the owner of the headstone to put up on that QR code? Well, obviously, yeah, because it's families will be putting up the QR code with the memories of the loved one that's buried there. So, yeah, obviously families would agree to it. Would it cause arguments amongst families it probably does because when you're putting a headstone up that can cause arguments into the style of the headstone what wording is going to go on the headstone so yeah but that would be just that would be discussions between families is how I would see that and then Martin on this is on dogs when we're talking about the dog attack of that young boy in Wexford and everybody wishing him the very best. Hi Patricia, I've seen people walking their dogs uh, in the Formoy area and they don't have muscles on their dogs. Some are even without leads and we are talking about dogs that are on the restricted dog lists in particular. I've seen Alsatians and pit, pit bulls. One man even ties his two put bulls two pit bulls to a pole when he's going into a shop downtown and neither of those dogs have muscles on. Well, that, that's wrong. That should be reported. Absolutely, that should be reported. At least he has them on the lead, but he shouldn't be tying them up and leaving them like that. Definitely, um, Martin, I would be reporting those uh, dogs. And then a couple of people have been on, and I wasn't ignoring it. We were just so busy I didn't get to it. A couple of people have been on, including Kieran, and she's mostly men looking at it now, Kieran in Mallow, or sorry, Kieran in Middleton, uh, Tom in Mallow and and uh, Barry in Bantry have all been on about the government. Patricia, have you heard the news that the government are planning to give bankers bonuses? What in God's name are they thinking of? I would say no. Look at the streets of our cities. People are homeless and they want to give bankers a bonus. It is all so wrong. And this is the story of Pascal Donoghue, the Minister for Finance. He is going to start the process of easing the restrictions that's currently in place on bankers' pay and on bankers' bonuses. They were put in place after the last financial crash. Now, he's bringing a proposal to Cabinet today and what it will allow is that banks will be able to give bonuses of up to 20 
€1,000. It has been recommended by the Department of Finance's Retail Banking Review. Part of that review focused on the terms and conditions of executives which had been controlled since the state bailed out the sector over a decade ago. And what that review is recommending, that executives will be allowed to avail of what they're calling non-pay benefits. Now, that's things like the bank paying employees' health insurance and also paying for childcare. But they are also recommending, and this is what Pascal Donoghue will bring to Cabinet, to remove the pay cap on for at Bank of Ireland because, of course, the reason for Bank of Ireland is the state no longer has a shareholding a half a million euro a year pay cap currently exists half a million euro a year what job would you be doing for half a million euro anyway that's the pay cap that's in place at AIB and permanent TSB that's also set to be lifted now that's only when the government stake falls to appropriate levels obviously not everybody's happy with this Sinn Féin spokesperson Pierce Doherty he condemned the proposal he says as households continue to struggle with the cost of living reports that the Minister for Finance plans to lift pay restriction for senior bankers is a kick in the teeth for hard-pressed families. These restrictions were put in place as a result of the reckless actions of senior bankers which led to the financial crisis. But the review of the banking uh, sector they're also recommending that banks will have to ensure that ATMs are widely available and will be required to consult with communities should they want to further shrink their bank branches. Now, what, that, what that's all about is we all remember back in July, AIB were forced to reverse their plans to stop providing cash at 70 branches, a number of them here in Cork. And there was a major public and indeed political outcry. So the review is saying if they wanted to do anything like that again, then they would absolutely have to consult with uh, local communities. But uh, bankers getting a 20, up to €20,000 by way of a bonus. And could some of those be the ones that are on half a million euro a year it is just absolutely uh, galling it's just you know it's just it's it's the timing of it with the cost of living I mean if you think I'm reading that out and talking about that that now and when you think of just a couple of minutes ago I read out a text from a listener who had her young teenage son in the city yesterday and was hungry and took the son in to get a full Irish breakfast and she couldn't afford to have the full Irish breakfast herself she didn't have enough money for it but of course as every mammy does you pay to make sure that the teenage son uh, has it it's just it's bizarre it's like two different worlds isn't it just two different worlds and the bonus of 20,000 there's people in this country don't even get 20,000 euro a year and they're expected to live it's just something wrong 0818 where is this um are we line one on this one, John Paul? We are. OK, this is staying on uh, food and food portions and uh, is the quality of our food. And are we getting less when we go out to eat? Madge joins me. Good afternoon to you, Madge. Good afternoon, Patricia. How oh, are you? I'm very well. Now, this is and a- good afternoon to your listeners. Thank- OK, you were down in Killarney last Saturday. Yes, indeed. Um, we were down in Killarney last Saturday and I was meeting my friend Joan, who had travelled a little bit to meet me. We proceeded. Now, Killarney, as you know, is a very uh, tourist area. They have a high population of tourism winter and summer, the Mecca. So we decided we'd go get something food to eat. We went to one uh, coffee shop where I'm familiar with, and they do not serve hot food anymore. All we could see was wraps and, we'll say, rolls and sandwiches 
that sort of thing. Now, you could get tea, coffee. So we moved on. I said, no, we need some sustainable food. And the weather wasn't great on Saturday. No, it was um, quite drizzly, quite breezy. They had a parade. They had Santa Claus. It was a lovely evening, as we'll say, atmosphere goes. Yeah, but you wanted warm food. Yes, we did. So we proceeded anyway to a well-known establishment in the centre of Killarney, not the main street, I might add. So we went into the building and I hadn't been there for a number of years. And we, but I was familiar with the name. So we went in, we walked towards the bar. Um, I did notice the place was quite dark and I wondered why. Um, but that thought left me because food was the priority. So I went to the bar and the barman was quite accommodating. Nice young man. I asked for uh, where would we sit? Uh, will we wait to be shown to our seats? So he says, yes, of course. So-and-so will be with you in a moment. And I, there was a menu on the bar counter. And I said, is this the menu? And there was a kind of a tea light candle uh, sitting next to it. So I said, very good. Now, hang Maybe. on a second. There wasn't a power outage? No, okay. there was not. All right. No. Definitely not. 100%. Okay, just checking. So, yeah, I know. Uh, the next thing is, anyway, we were taken to a seat, a uh, table for two. Lovely. No problem. I looked to my right. Um, I noticed there was two people maybe five feet away from me at a table for two. And it was dark. And I said, uh, yeah, I couldn't actually, I could figure out the outlines, but I couldn't actually see the people directly as you normally would. So um, I said to my friend Joan, the menu. How are we going to see this menu? So she pulls out her phone and she turns on the light in the phone. Are you for real? Yeah. So there was the two of us and uh, she was looking at the menu and the flashlight section of her phone was switched on and she trying to read the menu. So I said, pass that over. <laughs> So she passed over the um, menu. I did likewise. Lovely waitress. I said, Jesus, this is dynamite. I said, I can't see a splink. I said, I actually can't see you. Not am I in the menu. <laughs> so a lovely waitress came along. And can I take your order? We gave our order. Uh, Jones was a toaster special. Now, I did notice that the... Um, on her plate, yes, she had her greens, her side salad. And I did notice that the size of the container for the French fries had immensely decreased to what I would have seen normally. Okay. Um, whether it's a specific uh, container they have for this building or are they just cutting back in portions? Um, now, the bread that came in the sandwich, we'll say surrounding, it was more like a cream cracker than a sliced loaf. And she did specify brown bread. Now, that's okay. My lasagna came along. It was absolutely beautiful. Fine portion, its own dish. Beautiful and tasted beautiful, I might add. I had a bowl of coleslaw and they brought a bowl of coleslaw. Okay. Uh, instead of greens. And the same container as my friend Joan. So that was all right. The waitress brought along the food and I said, Excuse me now. I said, Jesus Christ, you wouldn't mind, says I, would you, asking someone inside there to turn on a couple of lights before I poke my eyes out with the fork. (laughs) (laughs) So so the three of us were actually laughing. She thought it was very funny. Uh, My friend, of course, 
thought it was very funny, and so did I, because it just came out of me. You just couldn't eat in those circumstances. Did she say why the lights weren't on? I said to her, uh, I said, what's the story? And she says, oh, the ESB bill. And I said, mother of God, says I. So anyway, that was fine. The lights came on. We eat our meal, not a bother. I went to the bar to check out. And uh, the waitress came up to me and uh, she said, was everything okay for you? And I said, indeed it was. I said, it was lovely. Thank you so much. Oh, I said, and by the way, you can go in and tell them, turn off the lights again. We're finished. <laughs> well, that brings a whole new concept of dining in the dark. And if you wanted a nice romantic uh, meal, maybe, maybe. But if yep. you could barely, if you couldn't even see what was on the menu, that's the, there's darkness and there's darkness. The, the atmosphere. And we did not rely but my friends, some of my friends' family were sitting about 10 feet away from us, but it was so dark we didn't know they were in the building. Are you for real? I (laughs) am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like you were trying to hide away in the corner with uh, Joan, you just couldn't see anyone. All right. No. So is is that going to become more common? They're trying to watch, they're trying to reduce the costs wherever they can. But yes. that does seem a bit ridiculous. I mean, you can, you can, I, I accept not having wastage, but expecting people to sit and eat in the dark is, is a step too far. I'd say what they were doing actually, Patricia, is they were sectioning off the area. And I suppose anybody, any clients that came in, they would lead them to a table where the lighting was on. Yeah. And try and keep them in that area. But even though there was two people six feet away from us, five, six feet, and they were eating in the dark. But I said to my friend Joan, if they might have had put little tea lights. On the table. Yeah. Candles and stuff. Yeah, there's there's, yes. other, there's other ways around it. Uh, by the way, the, the woman who took the teenage son to Cork City, 18 euro for, for a full Irish breakfast, is that standard? Um, Do you no. eat full Irish? Is that expensive? That is very, very expensive. Yeah. Um, I have been in the hotel industry shall I say yeah and my background at the moment is tourism so I'm dealing with uh, we will say people Irish all nationalities coming into this country my job is to promote and to um, be forthcoming with information on our country and I find I took a couple of trips during the summer. One of the jobs I had to do a couple of years back was check out the Wild Atlantic Way. And so I started it and finished it and everything went well. But we took a few trips during the summer, my husband and I, and we visited Mayo. We went to Keem Bay, Ackle. We went all along Mulrani, Castlebar, uh, Clare Morris, all along that area. And now, what I noticed was we found a place in Clare Morris for breakfast on the way. We were going to a particular area outside of Castle Bar. And the hotel we stayed in was lovely. It was clean, neat, tidy, perfect. Now, the breakfast that we stopped, um, I don't know if I can mention names or no, not. Don't, no, don't mention no, any I names. Yeah. So we, um, I met a girl on the street and I said, could you recommend a place for food? Just something to eat. This is 10 past four in the afternoon. We went to a coffee shop, restaurant. We got the biggest plate 
that I ever saw for an Irish breakfast, full Irish. And it was 11 euro. Good and value. We had, yeah. We had two eggs, rashers, black, white, toast, a big, huge pot of tea because my husband was having coffee. I could not believe it. And I noticed each of the areas that we had eaten in Mayo, the only place that we found that was a little expensive compared to what we'd been spending was on the entrance to Ackle Island. There was a building there and we did find that a little yeah, expensive. and that's kind of a captive audience. That's probably, yes. there's, there's no yes, other choice. All right, so, yes. so the, and actually a number of people are saying that 18 euro for that cooked breakfast that's for ridiculous. that young lad is, is really expensive. Oh, listen, Madge, I really enjoy chatting to you. Actually, somebody, Martin in from Oi says, the restaurant that you're uh, talking about seems like a great place, he says, to hide away from the wife with no lighting. You oh, definitely, you definitely get sure away with that. Okay. Well, it'll hide all the cracks and creases anyway. <laughs> that's one thing. <laughs> all right, look after yourself, Madge. Okay. Thanks a million. Thank bye bye. Bye bye. And Mike in uh, Bantry uh, says a mini breakfast at O'Connor's in Bantry, tea and toast. It's as big as a full breakfast. It'll only cost you nine euro, says uh, Mike. And hi, Patricia. Listening to you covering uh, the topic of vitality and food and food service, I see the problem at the moment, said Anna, is that waiting staff they are not being fully trained properly or many of them are not being trained at all because we know that the hospitality sector is having a problem getting staff so that they're taking on younger staff. The training doesn't seem to be there. Anna says it really is not good customer service to clear away plates as soon as the last mouthful of food has been taken. I cringe when I see so much poor waiting staff service. I blame the management. It was really at the end of the day it is their fault here. Sadly many are clueless uh, while others are excellent I've trained many staff in another life to five star service whatever the establishment was thanking you says uh, Anna who has the experience of knowing what should be done and what shouldn't be done and my apologies uh, on this I meant to do we've get up and go uh, diaries to give away uh, do you know what I'll hold off on them I'll hold off on them and we'll do them tomorrow because I'm just looking at the clock we're way over on time we'll hold off but I promise you tomorrow we will have more of those get up and go uh, diaries uh, to give away Court today on C103 with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk cmig.ie Okay, a lot of people reacting to the lady who had the teenage son in Cork City yesterday and went into a restaurant for the full Irish and 18 uh, euro and got help but she couldn't afford to have anything herself. She just drank the tea that came with his full Irish. Uh, a lot of people saying, yeah, 18 euro for full Irish breakfast is really expensive, but it's all down to everything has gone up in uh, price. Uh, hi, Patricia. I know hotels and restaurants are at the pin of their collar and my heart really does go out to them. But the restaurant that we used to go to for a breakfast treat after doing the supermarket shopping have resorted to slicing a sausage in two on the breakfast plate so instead of two sausages you now get one sliced in two two rashes has become uh, one and it is smaller than usual do hoteliers think the customers don't notice I did speak to the person in charge and in fairness she went away and brought me out the normal service of serving of sausages but I tell you we won't be back Uh, 11.50 now for one slice of toast one egg one rasher one sausage sliced in half on the funny side if I sliced my little nephew's sausage for him he would refuse to eat it unfortunately needless to say we won't be back P.S. I'm weak laughing at Madge and her 
Killarney uh, story. Thank you for that. Somebody says, Patricia, go to the farm in Grenna. You get great food and you get great value. Somebody else paid 15 euro for a full Irish yesterday. Again, it was in the uh, city. And somebody wants me to ask Madge if, because we didn't name the premises, obviously, was it in Cork City? It wasn't. She was in uh, Killarney because somebody had a similar incident in a Cork City establishment in May. I got a headache. I was facing a window and it was a really bright light bulb in my face and the rest of the restaurant was in total uh, darkness. And on smaller portions said somebody else, certainly not the case, at Willie Paz Restaurant that's in Bantry. We were there last weekend for a meal. Great food and huge portion sizes. Well worth uh, a visit. OK, as I say, uh, people saying the 18 euro certainly very expensive indeed. But there's good value to be had and it is all a case of a shopping around. OK, that's where I have to leave you for today. Nick Richards is up next. And don't forget at two o'clock today, Nick is ringing the bells. You've got to count the Christmas bells add them to the bells that were rung with Ken this morning and then wait for Martina at five and you're in with a chance of winning a 500 euro voucher for the C103's Christmas uh, covered. We're giving away super value gift cards in total. We'll have given away 5,000 euro worth. Thanks to John Paul for uh, producing. Back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock on to the Line Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.